Okay, well, Brother Bottom, let me get back to Brother Bottom here. Now, Brother Bottom, uh, by the way, he's got a picture. He's got a lot. He's got one, two, three, four children in the picture, four children and his wife and himself. It's not a big picture, but it's there. And it reminds me that he's bald-headed. It's pretty, it's light, the picture's lightened up because of his bald head. And, and his wife is just a sweet Christian. She went to Bob Jones and, and he went to Tennessee Temple. And I always tell him that the reason he's so straight is because his wife went to Bob Jones. Anyhow, and he is a dear, dear brother. But he called me on Saturday night and uh, about a meeting. We, never, we had not supported him yet. And he just said, Pastor, I'm going to be in, uh, I'm going to be in, uh, I'm going to be with you in the services in the morning. We had had so many evangelists and revivalists and everything that I was not going to use him at all Sunday morning. Because, I, I mean, we just, I'd been out of my pulpit too much. And he came and was early and very gracious and, uh, and I, I think I knew him before I'd met him. I, that's right. I'd met him down at a camp, uh, a camp meeting. And dear brother, and, just, and I, I could see that we had our uh, convictions and standards quite a bit alike. Real, I mean, no TV and just squared away. And, and he, even, he even told me that the music of the Rock of Ages ministry he's with he even told me that, that his standards are higher than his even his mission. And I said, well, I'm glad because some of those tapes they sent me, the music was just... The preaching was wonderful, but the music... Whew. Anyhow, it wasn't bad, bad. It wasn't rock music, okay? Are you with me? It was just some of that borderline stuff, okay? So he came by that morning, and I, I, I mean, I had all intentions. I knew he was going to be there. And I had all intentions of not using him at all. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you need to use Brother Bottom. So I didn't use him for Sunday school, but I let him preach. And boy, he had a good, good sermon. I think he maybe even sang a song to us. Boy, he can sing. And he's, the, he's just a humble brother. He's not proud and arrogant. He's humble and wanting to do what's right. And he is a soul winner, soul conscious. By the way, these Rock of Ages prison ministry workers, they are evangelistic. They are getting the job done. I get impressed with the number of uh, people who profess faith in the Lord. And I don't believe they're this easy believism crowd either. You know what I'm talking about? It is easy to believe. But I mean, I don't think that they're, they're part of the no repentance crowd. I don't believe they are at all. And they really preach in those prisons. And they have a lot of people get saved. And so here, Brother uh, Bottom, uh, so we took him on for support. I think we had him back once or twice since then with his family. And uh, just, uh, just it's, a, it's an example of how to get support, though. See, the Rock of Ages prison ministry require them. You heard what Brother, uh, what do you call it, said, Brother Reed, that he wants to be in a different service for that mission to raise support because of exposure. He said he doesn't even want to be in the same church on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. He wants to be in a different church so that he can... And then, by the way, if you're not there an awful long time, sometimes you'll stay out of, you'll, you'll, you'll stay out of a lot of controversy, too. Amen. Really. Because 
The longer you're around there, oh, you can get into it and have all kinds of things brought up that don't need to be brought up. And really, uh, the pastor won't support you because those things are discussed, right? That's an example of it. You know, what do you think about repentance, brother? Well, I think it's in the Bible. Amen? But they don't want, that's not good enough. They want to know more about that. You know what I mean? No matter which side they're on. So anyhow, just, uh, just, uh, and you are there, I believe what Brother Reed said, you are there to represent your church, your local church, your mission, and your, your, your field, and your work, and you are there to represent the Lord Jesus Christ primarily, and you're not there to have a spat and a fight. You follow what I mean? And you you can get into them. Because some preachers are more cantankerous and controversial than I am, believe it or not. Amen? And And by the way, is it not important for a pastor after he's been in the ministry? Listen, when we first started our mission program here, we took anybody and everybody on. I don't want to do that anymore. Because there are too many... People that, uh, they, they, there are men that are closed communion. You follow? Closed communion. There are briders out here. Baptist briders out here. Uh, and, uh, I don't want to support Baptist briders. We already did support them and we've dropped them. We, we want to support men that we agree with on the major things. By the way, here's another thing. Uh, we only have two ordinances. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Why should we support a missionary on the field who differs with us on one of the ordinances? And all the Baptist briders differ with myself on uh, on communion. Well, the Baptist briders differ with you on baptism too. Right? Both. Y'all know what Baptist bride stuff is? Anybody know? (laughs) Huh? And you know, you know how far they are wrong? They say that, well, who baptized Jesus? Well, John the Baptist. And who baptized the twelve? John the Baptist. Well, they were all Baptists, and they never changed their church membership. Jesus was an immersionist. A pastor who's now died and went to heaven. I got along with him pretty well around here. And another one just died the other day, and they, they believe just that. They believe that. I don't believe that. I'm not going to support missionaries who believe that either. Because they're going to be teaching their people on the field that. You say, how do you know? A missionary that we would... See, I was new and I went down into Mexico. And it was just a mission trip and we took that brother on for support. And I knew he was a Baptist brider. And then when we dropped him after four or five years, he said, well, Brother Harvey, you knew that when you took me on. I said, I did know that when I took you on. But I was not that opposed to the Baptist bride position at that time. And I really despise it now. So I was telling him in a, in a nice way, you are preaching heresy, you better quit it. And the way, and whether we believe in closed or close communion is important. It is important. It can cause confusion. In other words, if we were having communion, we have it the first, uh, I think many of these churches ought to have communion more often than they have it too. I don't believe in this once every six months communion. Once a year communion. That's promoted by something up in Hammond, Indiana. I don't believe in that stuff. I just don't believe in it. And we used to have it when the pastor felt led. I don't do that anymore either. We have it once a month because, you know, well, you're so busy you forget it. So we have it once a month 
on in the evening. By the way, communion should not be given in the morning anyhow. It was the last supper, not the last breakfast. Amen? And it was at midnight, the first Passover, right? And then it was what? The, the last supper. It was the Passover. It was the supper. And so we have it in the evening. And we don't use fermented juice we, because it speaks of his blood. And his blood was not corrupted. His blood was pure. And, he, and if the body's supposed to be pure and unfermented and speaking of the cross, ferment, leaven speaks of sin. And what? You don't want fermented juice either. So we use the, we, we try to use... If, if we didn't have it, we could, you know, use other things, but we try to use the matos or whatever. Be as biblical as you can be. And then, um, then we use the unfermented juice and we have it at night. And we, we serve everybody. In fact, this is the thing. Uh, I know there's a lot of people and they make a big uh, ordeal, but Judas was served. I know, but Judas was chosen. One fellow said there were two suppers. I said, that's heresy. There were two suppers. They're not two suppers. It's one supper. And then Judas was served, but then Judas was chosen by Jesus. And, and he was with the twelve for three and a half years, and Jesus knew he was a thief, and so we're not Jesus. Amen? But the thing is that this, the Lord spoke to me recently, and Jesus said, Take, eat. This is my body. He didn't say, Take, if you're right with me, eat. He said, Take, eat. I believe every believer ought to take communion. Just like every believer ought to get baptized, and it's not a questionable thing, just be baptized. So communion, I believe they should partake of the communion. You say, well, should they partake if they're not right with God? Well, just get right. That's what the communion's for. Get right and partake. If you're saved, you should partake of the communion. And why should we forbid another believer to take communion just because they think it's a local church ordinance? The church was not set up when Jesus had the Passover. And this was the feast that was all the way from the time of the, the Passover lamb in Egypt. They had the Passover. Jesus said, go and prepare a place for us for the Passover. They've been... All these, this time, it was to commemorate and remind them of their deliverance by the blood out of Egypt's bondage. Thank God we're saved. And what is communion for? To keep us close to the blood. Keep us close to the cross. So you're not preaching on the family every, every service. Just because everybody's homes are busting up, don't spend all your time on the family. You've got to get to the blood again. And the cross again. And we've been redeemed again. And we're to give thanks for his broken body and his shed blood. But I believe, I believe we had communion. I think it would be a sin for us not to let Brother Norman, because you're a member, where are you a member in, in uh, Emmanuel Baptist? And see, I, I believe that's unscriptural to forbid you to partake of the local of the, the communion. And I believe it's an overflow of this Baptist bride doctrine. See, they believe that... How do you get to be a member of an independent Baptist church? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're supposed to be saved. Know you're saved. And then what else? 
you submit to baptism. Well, are they a member of the church like the thief on the cross? By the way, the church of Christ say he's the exception to the rule. No, he's the rule. He is the rule. You're saved by faith alone. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He's the rule. He's not the exception to the rule. And so, should we uh, forbid a brother who's visiting and he's the speaker and say, brother, you're a member of Emmanuel Baptist. You can't partake of the communion. And they don't even serve you. A church, a brother just passed away over here. He's a Baptist brider, by the way, too. He's in heaven. He's straightened out now. Dear brother, he was a soul winner. He was a soul winner. Where were these all, all these other pastors? Say, well, he was a Springfield man. Yeah. Yes, but he was a soul winner. And I saw him out there knocking on doors when he, when he had a healthy body and his wife right there with him. Where were all the other pastors around here? But he was a brider. You know why he was a brider? He came out of uh, he came out of these other churches. We met another fella, uh, Martin, uh, Milton Martin. Anyhow, he's a brider. He is. He's a Baptist brider all the way, brother. We love him. We supported him for years, but we dropped his support. Don't believe in that Baptist bride business. And it's on the field. It's in his literature. I read it 10, 12, 14 years ago. Read it in his literature. And, uh, and I told Brother Jenkins and these others about it because I, I think they ought to know. If we believe something, we ought not to be ashamed of it. Amen? And if they don't, and they, they bring it up around, around their own people, but they won't bring it up around others. You know what I mean? When it's a matter of support. Anyhow, it's in his literature there. Anyhow, I'm getting off. Anyhow, and so, uh, by the way, Brother Martin, you know why Brother Martin is a brighter? And you know why another fellow who was in the same church? Uh, E.L. Bynum. How many ever heard of E.L. Bynum? Tabernacle Baptist. He's a brighter. He's been a brider. He's always been a brider. Okay? And because Martin was a member of his church and so was this other brother pastor over here, he's a Tennessee Temple grad. He was starting a church in the cold. And I went over to meet him and I was all excited. Boy, a fellow from Tennessee Temple is going to start a church in the cold. We went out, my wife and I, I think we treated him to a meal and I found out he was a Baptist brider. I said, I'm not even alone in my tables. No, I, I would have loaded my tables. But I, I, at that time, was so opposed to the Baptist bride doctrine, it just broke my heart. And the work never came to anything in the cove. But he was a missionary to Mexico, and I believe he was a dear brother. But the thing is, the church you're out of and what you're under is what you usually believe. And that's where Martin got that. That's where that, that other brother, they were in the same church together, E.L. Bynum's church. Is it in Oklahoma? Tabernacle Baptist. And he's put out... Haven't you seen E.L. Bynum's stuff? He's had, he had all kinds of literature. Good literature. Good fundamental literature for years. I enjoyed it uh, immensely. And, uh, but I, and I didn't know that he was a Baptist writer. But uh, when it comes to missionary support, when I was earlier in the ministry, we just took about anybody on as they were just going out and preaching Jesus Christ. But... If we, can't, if we can't be pretty close on communion and baptism, it's too important, friends. I don't want them promoting a, a doctrine and then we have those missionaries come up here or other missionaries come to us and I don't want to support any more Baptist briders. 
And I don't want to support anybody who believes in closed communion, who's overboard with You get where I'm coming from? I mean, I, well, I don't believe in it. I believe they all ought to partake of that communion. You know what I mean? We're talking about new missionaries. Now, we probably have other missionaries already already on the field. and We're supporting them. And what I'm saying is that I just knew that Martin was a diehard in this thing. He was not just a closed communion man. He was a, a brider. And he was promoting that. And by the way, uh, it does matter whether you're a Baptist brider or not. Because uh, we have another missionary, Ron Williams. And... Uh, and his, he lost the confidence of his own son-in-law and daughter over this Baptist bride thing. So, uh, you know, we're not quite as strong and extremely emphatic with the, uh, with the communion as we are the Baptist bride thing. But still, you get what I mean? We're going to take new missionaries on that believe with us in the right in the same way. Are you with me? Because why? We ought to agree on these things, at least the basics, as much as we can, as much as possible, and so forth. All right. By the way, I thought I thought uh, maybe today we may not have time, but I thought maybe this afternoon we may not may not work out. We could go out and do some evangelism, got get gospel tracks out, do something. Amen. Get get the listen. We need to act like missionaries. Amen. Get out and get the word out. Give out some gospel literature. And um, by the way, I teach if you if you don't have your gospel tracks in your pocket. And, you th- and, of course, your glasses if you need them. And then a three-by-five card to write down when you have a person profess faith in the Lord or if they're interested or if they're not, not interested but they're listening to you and they'd be willing to let you come back, get their name, address, and get the phone number if they have a phone, and then go back. Follow up on them. Most of us didn't get saved the first time we heard the gospel. Is there anybody here? The first time you heard the the true gospel, the pure gospel, you got saved the very first time you heard the true, pure gospel. All right, Brother Buhorn. There are people that are like that. Amen? But most of us, we have to hear it and hear it hear it, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God, and we get saved. And uh, so, by the way, the, just the example of that, Brother Buhorn, proves to us that some people can be saved the first visit, the first time. They hear the gospel. Uh, so, and there are others. If there was a big, a whole church family here, I believe that there would be more than Brother Buhorn raising their hand. But the truth of the matter is, most of us, it's over and over and over again. But I thought maybe we could go out maybe after lunch instead of having another session and just do some personal work in this 100 degree heat. At least every, nobody would be sleeping at that time, we would hope. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. If we don't do it today, we'll maybe do it tomorrow. But we'll be um, be thinking. We ought to be thinking about doing that, and then we ought to have a concerted time of prayer as well uh, for all of us. All right. Well, it's not easy to take a stand, is it? See now here here because people compromise. Because people compromise, I get a letter like this today. Okay. By the way, it is important that missionaries be in an organization that want to be as uncompromising as possible. Amen? It's important for Brother Norman to be in a church that's as uncompromising as possible. 
surely we all fail. We all get do things that we wished we hadn't done before, right? Hello. And we've and the truth of the matter is we all have. Uh, uh, even though we check the music, we all let someone slide by once in a while, don't we? If we're not extremely careful. So if we're looking for perfection, we're not going to find it in Brother Robertson or Brother Harvey or Brother Norman or Brother McVaney. We're not looking for you know spotless perfection except in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to make we're going to make mistakes. We just don't want to make any more than necessary. Amen. Because it affects people and affects. Uh, everything. But here we go. This is the. We read the other letter earlier. By the way, some uh, some uh, pastors they'd never they'd never uh, even need to uh, read a letter like we got received from Brother Johnson earlier. You know why? Because he knew how I stood and I knew how he stood when I took him on. And uh, but now I've got to I've got to contact him back. But here I got this other. Let's just let, uh, just let you know. This is about Brother Johnson. You all know who I'm talking about now? The one with the local church, uh, Bible publishers, who uh, I read the letter just um, earlier this week, and he said that uh, they just took on four new representatives, and two of the representatives were uh, divorced and remarried, right? And then he found out that there were eight missionaries already under the mission. Didn't he say eight? that were divorced and remarried. And he did not know that when he went with their group and it was not uh, made known to him and he'd been with them, well, he'd, he'd been with us at least 18 months. I would think he had been with them at least two or three or four years. And so he felt like he had to uh, leave the mission. Well, now I get a, uh, our check, of course, went out on the first of the month uh, or went out the second, the second of the month uh, to the local Church Bible Publishers uh, for Gary Johnson. So I received this check back today in the mail. Dear Pastor, thank you for your support of Brother Jerry, uh, Gary Johnson in the past. I assume that by now you know that he has resigned and is planning to be an assistant pastor. Be, uh, we are sorry to lose him as a representative for our ministry, but we trust the Lord will greatly bless his efforts as he follows the Lord's leadership. Our ministries are continuing, and God is greatly blessing here. As you probably already know, last year we sent out over two and a half million scripture portions to missionaries around the world at no charge to them. Now that's a lot of that's a lot of printing. This was made possible by churches like yours that support the ministry on a monthly basis. Some churches designate their money to go directly to the purchase of paper. We then buy semi-truck loads of paper and print it with the Word of God. Our church pays the utility bills for the ministry and the books are assembled by volunteer laborers. Missionaries are crying for the Word of God around the world and we cannot meet the demand. Please pray and consider switching your support from one of our... Uh, uh, one of personal support... Boy, 
your support. Please pray and consider switching your support from one of personal support for Brother Johnson to minister ministry support to help us get the Word of God around the world and to continue to make our good quality King James Bibles available at a cost the cost of production. Feel free to call me or my pastor if you have any questions concerning this ministry bearing precious seed, uh, Brother Dennis uh, Dayu or Dayu or whatever his name is. And then it's a ministry of Parker Memorial Baptist Church in Lansing with Don Green as the pastor. Now, I'm sure they probably have a policy but I, I just have a question. Isn't that the verse that our brother was quoting all week long? Do unto others you have them do unto you? I learned that in the Methodist Church. Um, I, I don't know. Why, why did he have to send this? Why did they have to send this check back to me? Why do they have to trouble me with that? Now I have to decide whether to send this on to Brother Gary Johnson or keep it in our mission fund so we can pay you missionaries and evangelists for this meeting. I mean, would it really have hurt them to send this letter and just uh, just send this check out to this brother? Uh, is it very charitable? Even if you had a knockdown drag out about something? I mean, shouldn't we be overboard in trying to be kind to other preachers, God-ordained preachers? Would we really want that done to us? I mean, I know they maybe have a policy, but he's not immoral. In fact, he's more moral than they are. I don't know. I get bad vibes about stuff. You know you know what we independent Baptists uh, could use? A, a lot of the Methodist emphasis on doing to others you'd have to do unto you. And do it right away. Hmm? I don't know. And so here I have to waste phone calls because and then I came here looking for the letter of Barry, the Brother Johnson, which was posted on the bulletin board. <laughs> oh here it is. Here it is. Okay, I found the letter. Now I hope he has a phone number on here. Nope. Nope. See? Brother Gary Johnson does not have a phone number on here. We will be moving to Wichita, Kansas to be an assistant at the Lincoln Baptist Church. No address for the Lincoln Baptist Church. No phone number that I can reach Brother Johnson. And I was going to plan on trying to call him and see about if in the assistant pastor and if he needs some help uh, for a while or should we drop his support immediately he did cancel the meeting, but then again, when you, you know, when you're you're done wrong, I said earlier in the week, and I haven't changed my opinion. I, I believe they sinned against that brother. Amen. Surely they must have had some bylaws in there or something. I don't know, but anyhow, uh, now I'm going to have to now I'm going to have to call around. I already called the the um, local church Bible publishers and wasted a phone call this morning because they don't have an 800 number. 
And I've called up there, I think, one other time before. You never can get anybody there. So I've got to waste God's money because they didn't send this check on to him. And by the way, all your stationery, put a phone number on there. Be a good idea. In fact, put two or three phone numbers on there. What if the pastor wants to get up with you? What if he wants to know where you want a special gift sent? Or will the gift be in time to get to you? If, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Or if they want to send a package to you. They don't, all, they, don't, they don't always send a package through the mission, do they? Then they'd have to pay postage twice, right? You get where I'm coming from? So have a phone number there. It doesn't have to be an 800 number, amen? But I don't want to have to call five other numbers to find out what your number is. I'm just wasting God's money. And so you say, yes, but someone will be calling to find out about other things and they'll drop my support. Well, you have nothing to hide anyhow. Amen? You're as clean as a hound's tooth. Amen? You just, who cares? We need to be opaque, not opaque, but we need to be, what do they call that? Huh? Transparent. Amen? Just be true blue. Amen? Like Brother Stevens. He looks you right in the eye, Brother Stevens. Keep doing that, brother. Amen? Just, just be yourself. Amen? Now, if you're normally a real proud person, then ask God to change you and then be yourself. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> but some of you say, well, if I had the education that brother, what do you call it, couldn't even pronounce therefore, that's good for us to hear that. Keep doing that. That's God gets the glory for that. If now you can say it, you couldn't say it before. And couldn't spell it before. Amen? And God gets the glory if He does something with... By the way, what? Not many mighty, not many noble, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world and the things that are not or nothing to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. That He would get all the praise and all the glory. But you see, you see what pastors have to put up with? I mean... Now look at this check was made out for Brother Gary Johnson. And you know what? We do not have any right to take this check, in my opinion, and put it in our mission account and give it to you brethren, even though we could use some extra funds in there. Because we appreciate Brother Johnson. He's taking a stand. He probably needs this $100 in a great way. He just took a stand for God, for right and truth. And he probably needs a whole lot more $100 checks right now. And you notice in their letter, they didn't, they didn't put out the reason why he left. But if he was immoral, they'd sure bring that up. Or if he was off on doctrine, they'd sure bring that up. Mm -hmm. But they're they're just covering all their bases, aren't they? And then they want us. They are encouraging us not to support Brother Johnson anymore. And he may need it more than their mission needs it. So they're not very charitable, in my opinion. I know they think they're right, but it doesn't mean they're charitable. You know what most people do? They they just spend all their time promoting their own little program at the expense of anybody and everybody. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. That's not the ministry. 
Paul and Paul and, and Peter didn't spend time scratching each other's back. They spent all their time serving Jesus Christ and trying to do what's right. All their time. Amen. So now, what am I going to do about that? I'm going to, I, you know, I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do about this. I'm going to have to spend hours of my time, because I don't have a secretary, trying to find, chase down Brother Jerry, uh, Gary Johnson. And you know what already came to my mind? Is when I call their mission, they may not, not even... They may not, if they had any words at all, they may not even give me his phone number, even if they know it. You say, did that already come to your mind? That already came to my mind before I called. Because Baptists are very nasty. Hmm? Come on now. By the way, getting back to the other thing about that immoral preacher, and I finally had to call Dr. Wood. And he finally told me that he'd had a problem earlier. That other fellow is another matter. But can you imagine? I had to waste a number of calls because Marvin Lewis wouldn't even tell me. I don't think that is the right policy, friends. They, he said, we don't want to defame and ruin the man. That is not the point of letting people know that he has, at an er, 25 years earlier, been immoral, and he's been with that mission for 25 years, and then he has another moral problem. How many moral problems did he have in the middle? All the way along. You're not doing it to defame a man, but they should have sent a letter out to the supporting churches and said, this man has had a moral problem. Please pray for him and his family. And you do what God leads you to do. You don't take something and stick it under the rug just because he was with you for 25 years. And you want to salvage his support for your mission. I didn't say that that was their goal. I didn't say that, but, but they kind of wanted... This hundred dollars in something else, didn't they? Uh, this is a different matter. This is a, are you with me now? I'll tell you this, and then BIMI not letting me know as a pastor, an asking pastor, and I called time after time, would not tell me the support, the dollar and cents support of a number of the missionaries we had with BIMI. And we have dropped every one of our BIMI missionaries. We only had two or three. We used to have 50% of ours were BIMI. Some of them were no longer with BIMI and so forth. But we only had one more, I think, that was with BIMI. Most of ours were with Maranatha. But I like the way Maranatha, they just gave us the figure. What do they have to hide? Surely if a pastor loves missions and loves God's Word, and he's not going to go out and and let everybody in the whole territory know that this missionary we think is oversupported. Are you with me? And I can see where, I can see, and by the way, I think they ought to let, let it be known. And you know what? There's another thing also, and I heard this from Maranatha missionaries, is that it was discussed earlier that there ought to be a ceiling on how much these men can make too. 
Did you know that years and years and years and years ago, years ago, the BI of uh, the uh, Baptist Bible Fellowship missionaries, m- many of them were making over hundred thousand dollars a year. Then there's us, brother. Huh? <laughs> then there's brother Norman and brother McVady and brother, huh? So well, I'm not going to support missions, and I think we ought to know what they're taking in. I think we need to know. You know, who was it, Brother um, Jenkins said that they a lot of missionaries and the mission boards, they discourage their missionaries from giving a dollar figure. I don't see why they can't give a dollar figure. All they can give us a percentage. Do they have something to hide? My church wants to know what I make. And I publish it. I put it up there. And if someone comes in and thinks I'm getting too much, they may not stay with the church. And they say, oh, what does he need a car from the church? I saw his salary up there. And it's three times what I am. Of course, I'm on welfare. Huh? I think the church people need to know. I don't think we have anything to hide. The books are always open. Why? Because if even... even now, there's another thing. We told you that the women do not make decisions and, and vote in our church. But the books are open for any woman. Say she's a, 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 a widow, or say there'd be a woman in here who uh, has never been, uh, she's maybe divorced, and she's a member here. We do have a woman like that. And she's not remarried. I think she has every right to look up there if she wants to, see where her money's going to. Amen? I don't see any problem with that at all. But they just don't run the church. You get what I mean? But uh, they, we don't have anything to hide. I'll tell you, you better not have anything to hide from the IRS when they come in and audit you. Well, why should we have anything to hide from our brothers and sisters? You just tell them. They go to Japan, they have to have six, seven, eight thousand, nine thousand dollars a month to live. So if you don't want to support a missionary who's going to take five years to get that much support up, six years, then just don't support him. And I'd have to be really convinced the man was called to go to Japan. Because they, they bombed Pearl Harbor. No, no, no. <laughs> and my dad was in the Second World War. No, 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 no. And I don't even like to buy Japanese junk. Oh, no, 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 no. Kidding. And I know their cars are better than ours, but I don't like them anyhow. Because they don't like my God. They like our money, but they don't like our God. Mm. Oh, anyhow. But uh, I, do you think we ought to weep over Japanese people, that they be saved and send missionaries if we're able to? We ought to especially send some military missionaries over there to our military men in Japan and then let encourage them to do a dual ministry among the natives and the military. And that's a good plus, too. That's a good thing. Well, we need to have uh, take a break here. Take a break. Say, so you're a long-winded preacher. That's right. But I do, I do believe we have something to say. And we all need to hear from others. You know, you that have gone through the fires and are a little older, you notice all the, all the men who are about as bald as you and me, brother, and we've been run over so many times, chewed up and spit out in our poor wives. Our poor wives. Listen, Brandon, you better protect Patty. If they can't get to you because you're so placid and so nice and kind and gracious... They'll just fill your wife, my daughter, full of all... They'll just... 
if they can't talk to the preacher about something, they'll go to the wife. And they'll, they'll try. You've got to protect your wife. Amen. Try to protect your wife. You know what? One man said something a long time ago. He said, my wife does whatever she wants in the church. If she doesn't want to sing in the choir, I don't make her sing in the choir. My wife sings beautifully. She sings about as good as any woman in this whole church. But she doesn't want to sing in the choir. I'm not, I'm not going to force her to sing in the choir. She doesn't even sing specials. There's other things she wants to do. Amen? And uh, just don't put too much on your wives. And especially as the, as the women get older, they can't take it, fellas. The women can't take it. But we're tough. Can't we take a lot more than these women? Huh? They just, they're the weaker vessel. They get all emotional about things. You can have people come up to you, Brother Tom, uh, Tom, uh, Robertson, and just about spit on you hate you, even take a swing at you. And it wouldn't be a month later, a couple weeks later, you put your arm around him and say, oh, I love you, brother, and I've been praying for you. And your wife wants to smack him and kill him. I mean, that, they, they're mistreating my husband. Amen? That's why men are preachers, not women. Amen? I'm serious, I can do that. And uh, just God made us made us all together.